welcome to Compliance Solved, where we provide our listeners with 15 to 20 minutes of compliance advice, brought to you by healthcare compliance pros. We've got you covered from coast to coast, bringing you the very latest in healthcare compliance with our experts, Chad Schiffman and Loretta Maddox. We're going to talk about social media and the importance of proceeding with caution. But before we do, let's go ahead and talk about just a few statistics. Did you know there are close to 4 billion social media users worldwide currently? And the number one platform is, you probably guessed it, it's Facebook. There are 2.4 billion active monthly users on Facebook alone. Now, while there are numerous reasons why social media has become so popular, we are actually seeing it become increasingly popular in the healthcare industry. In fact, it is currently estimated that close to 80% of people are using social media to research doctors, hospitals, to research medical news, health information, those types of things. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, social media has proven to be an extremely powerful communication tool and a powerful tool for sharing health information to the public. So today, as we talk about the importance of proceeding with caution, what we're really talking about is, are we taking the time to really think about what it is that we're posting, what we're sharing, what it is that we're commenting on it, and how we do so? Loretta, what are some of your initial thoughts? Well, I think it's, I mean, we all have some sort of social media that we are using personally. And when you get in that mode and you have so many, you know, people that are working in healthcare and they're personally in the mode of snapping a photo and posting it immediately on social media without thinking, you know, how is that different? when you're in healthcare. Now, those of us in the compliance field and some of you listening right now might be freaking out a little bit at that comment because you know why it's different. There are privacy rules. The HIPAA privacy rule requires an authorization to be in place with the patient prior to any use or disclosure that's not otherwise permitted by the rule. Posting a patient's photo on your Facebook page is not a permitted user disclosure under the privacy rules. So there are certain steps that have to be taken in order to protect your practice, but not just, you know, from the HIPAA standpoint, but also from a reputation management standpoint. I think we may have talked about this on previous webinar and, and discussion that we've had to where that they reached out to us and let us know that they had a, an employee who was, real excited about her experience with one of the patients and, and did snap a picture of the patient. She thought that it was okay to share on her own personal page because it was just a picture of the patient or so she thought. And she was just saying, Hey, this, this patient was really satisfied with the services at, at Dr. So-and-so's office. Well, as it turned out, this particular patient was friends with one of her friends and you know how the story went from there. Right. Also had to deal with that HIPAA violation. So I think we, if we could do an entire podcast just on examples that we have heard over our years in compliance from things like this. And even though, you know, social media hasn't been a huge thing for healthcare practices for so for very long, but still, I mean, there are just a number of those stories. I, I know that some of some of our clients that have um, maybe see high profile patients, maybe professional athletes, or maybe, you know, other individuals that, you know, 
maybe some of the employees want to take a little selfie with and then post that on their, you know, personal, their own personal social media. That's not okay. And, but how, how do your staff know it's not okay without being trained? And I think that's kind of what we really want to reiterate to listeners today is that you have to address this. You can't assume that your entire workforce, and again, that's from the top down, that everyone understands that these kinds of things are not okay because we are dealing with protected health information. And I know sometimes that's hard to get across to people because they may be thinking, well, the the patient was fine with taking a photo, but that's not enough for the patient to just acknowledge it verbally or even to sign a simple consent. It has to be a full-on authorization form in writing with all of the required elements in order for that not to be a HIPAA violation. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about the training and, and we often say that it's so important for healthcare employees to be better educated and understand the potential mistakes that can happen on social media and medical blogs and other things. I mean, there are so many, like we've talked about a couple examples of, of HIPAA violations with sharing photos and what can happen with that but there are other things that can happen as well. So it's so important for them to understand how to properly use social media. Uh, and, and doing so is a good way to really avoid some of these violations altogether. I think a good tip for listeners, if, if social media is being used in your practice, and I'm talking about um, your organization has a Facebook page or you have an Instagram page or you're, you are actively as a healthcare organization utilizing these methods of social media, I really think it's important to have someone in charge of that or a team in charge of that. And I don't know about you, Chad, but in, I mean, I, you've probably experienced this too. Sometimes in larger organizations, you'll put your marketing people in charge of social media. But if you're a healthcare organization, a covered entity under HIPAA, just marketing may have one opinion about what can be posted, but your compliance officer may have a different opinion. You have to have both teams at the table when you're doing this and not just arbitrarily hand it over to marketing because that's what you're thinking. Well, social media, it is marketing and it is, and it can be, but you also have to have that compliance piece go hand in hand with one of the biggest things with having marketing and compliance elements is you're going to have different policies for different things that can actually be posted. And that needs to be very well spelled out. The other thing that I think along with that is the patients when they are invited to connect should connect to the page for the, for the practice and not to anything personal. And then those who post on behalf of your organization should do so, you know, unless they have a, a professional uh, page as, as part of the organization or something like that, um, should be posting from the page as well. And, and that's the, the benefit of having it from. Exactly. Um, and, and as we've seen, it's real easy to get caught up in different types of responses and have an, a, almost an emotional attachment to some of those responses that go out. Oh my gosh, yes. And I, I think I want to go back to your point that you made about personal versus professional. We get asked often, especially by healthcare providers, should I be friends with my patients on social media? And the AMA actually has um, some information in their code of ethics that specifically states that healthcare providers, physicians should separate their professional and their personal social media interactions 
And, and I know that's sometimes hard, but um, I do think you have to have that clear line because if you don't, you're going to end up having a patient reach out to you on social media asking for healthcare advice and what are you going to do with that? And we have had situations like that happen. So I think it's very important to remember those boundaries. And then I think it's important too, from a professional standpoint, because it's real easy for, let's say a small practice with just a couple of providers, you know, and the doctor is very heavily involved. We'll see that from time to time where the provider will use his own name and maybe connect with patients that way. But then he also takes it up a notch and starts blending some of his other personal activities with his doctor account. That was also a major risk area. And we could have a whole podcast about that as well, talking about the risks of blending your personal accounts with business accounts. Well, and I think you also made a good point about getting um, emotionally connected to what you're posting. And I think that comes into play especially when you're looking at online reviews. So you have patients who maybe didn't have the best experience and maybe it was no fault of your own, but they choose to complain in a very public forum. And the knee jerk reaction to that is I want to defend myself, right? I mean, that's what we would all want to do. And so I think it's important to remember that you have to follow certain rules when you're doing that. And you have to be very careful, but not just you. If you, if it's you as the physician or you as the provider, but your staff, your loyal staff may decide they want to defend you on, you know, on, they may want to post a comment on your behalf. Again, that's why this is having that social media policy, having that social media control, somebody in your practice to manage those things. That's why that's so important because even something that seems innocent, especially when the patient has put all of the details about their visit online, the moment that you interact, engage with that patient, that any other information is disclosed on your behalf, that is a HIPAA violation and you can't, you just have to avoid that. And usually you don't want to confirm that the patient was actually even a patient there. I mean, yeah, they've gone on and they've said that, but you don't want to confirm that. Right. And, you know, and you want to invite those patients, Hey, why don't you reach out to us offline and let's talk about that. That's how we handle these types of things. Shows a real professional response from the practice. Absolutely. And I, I think just the, the number one thing to remember is you can't, you can't ignore the fact that you do need written policies and procedures regarding social media, whether it's what you post, how you're going to use it in your practice. And I mean, that's really the point that we want to make today is that this is something that you're going to have to have in your practice if you're going to stay competitive. So that's number one. But then number two, you've got to make sure that you're doing it right. So with that being said, we are going to wrap up today's discussion. And hopefully we have been able to provide you with some insight on social media. Of course, if you need additional information or assistance with authorizations or social media policies, you can always reach out to us. Thank you for listening to Compliance Solved, brought to you by Healthcare Compliance Pros. Are your compliance needs being met? Would you like a free compliance consultation? Do you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future podcasts? We would love to hear from you. Please contact us through email, info at hcp.md, 
by phone, 855-427-0427, or visit our website at www.hcp.md.